Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, back to bring you tales of the chilling macabre. Thank you so much for tuning back in and for being so faithful. I'm coming back at you from my horse ranch where I live now. I'm really enjoying this new place, and it's now summertime, even though we have this crazy COVID-19 and all of the disturbances in the world now. Uh, doesn't mean we can't still enjoy life, and uh, that's what I'm doing. And now it's summertime, and you know what summertime means? Campfires and ghost stories. So, for this evening's episode, I thought I'd bring to you some great campfire stories. So, here they come. This first story is called The Unheeded Warning. A young lady was driving home after a long vacation. Sometime after midnight, a very heavy storm begins as she noticed she is almost out of gas. She sees a sign for a gas station and convenience store and pulls off the interstate to fill up her tank. The place was obviously open with the lights on, but sort of deserted looking, run down and old. She almost decided to drove on, but she was concerned she might run out, of, run out of gas, so decided to go ahead and stop and just get the gas here. As she pulled in, a tall man with a badly scarred face came running through the rain. He pumped her gas, and the girl rolled down the window just enough to hand him her credit card. Giving her a look, He grabbed it and ran back inside the station. About a minute passed, and the scarred man came back out, telling her that she would need to come inside because her card had been denied. He hurried back inside without even allowing her to respond. Some doubt crept across her mind. She she really didn't want to go inside that creepy-looking station and even considered driving off without paying, but no way could she leave that credit card with him. It had her information, and who knows what he might do with it. She made the decision to go in very quickly and take care of the bill and just leave as quickly as she could. Traipsing through the now-falling rain, she got inside the station. As soon as she entered, the man grabbed her by the arm and tried to talk to her. His voice was rough and difficult to understand, but going by the expression on his face, the eyes wide, she thought he may have meant to do her harm. His voice and face appeared to be damaged in some kind of an accident. He got increasingly excited, and the young girl became more frantic as he became more excited. She finally wrestled her way from his grip and ran back to her car, leaving the station as quickly as possible. The old man came running out, 
She could see him in the rearview mirror, yelling, gesturing, pleading for her to come back. But she continued driving. Trying to calm her nerves, she turned on the radio and took deep breaths as she realized she had gotten away and everything was fine. Suddenly, a motion in the rearview mirror caught her eye, and she glanced up to look. Just as a dark figure rose from the back seat, something glistened in the darkness. Before she could react, she realized that the glistening was the reflection of the dashboard light on the surface of the axe being held by the stranger in her car. It was the last thing she saw before the axe swung and whack. That was one of those very old urban legends, but still a great one today. And if you haven't seen the movie Urban Legend, I strongly encourage you to see it. It's a very creepy movie. I like it. And now for our next story. This one is called The Ghost of Rest Haven. Aunt Lacey loved taking her niece Felicity on day trips. One of their favorite destinations was the beach. One summer day, the air was particularly refreshing and the water was a perfect temperature for wading. Aunt Lacey and Felicity became enamored with the little creatures they were finding in the tide pools And all at once they realized that not only was the sun setting, but it looked as if a very bad thunderstorm was coming. They quickly got into the car to head home. The storm was worse than Lacey had thought, and she was afraid to keep driving. She decided to pull off the road until the storm passed, but just as she was about to do so, Felicity declared, Look, there's a place we can stay. Sure enough, Lacey saw a sign on a large house that said, Rest Haven, Rooms for Rent, by day, week, or month. A feeling of relief came over Lacey, and she pulled in and parked. They both ran to the porch as quickly as possible. A white-haired woman answered the door before they could even knock. She said, I have been expecting you. Although this seemed odd to Lacey, the woman had a pleasant smile, so she pushed her feeling of unease to the back of her mind and smiled back. The old woman gave them a hot meal and showed them to a warm, cozy room. The furniture was old and worn, but it was clean and very welcoming. When they awoke in the morning, they were eager to head home. There was no cell phone reception at the old house, and Lacey was sure Felicity's mom must be frantic with worry. They wanted to thank their hostess, but she was nowhere to be found. So they left a note taped to the door jam with some money for their stay, and they left. A few miles down the road, Aunt Lacey's phone beeped, indicating she had a message or a call. 
She stopped at a country gas station to call Felicity's mom and tell her that they were on their way and that everything was going to be fine. Lacey decided to fill her tank and buy some drinks. While paying for the gas and drinks, she made conversation with the attendant, telling him about their enjoyable stay at Rest Haven. Looking surprised, the man told Lacey and Felicity that the home had burned down years ago, killing the old, the old woman who once owned it. Lacey and Felicity could not believe what they had heard, so they headed back to the location to see for themselves when they got there to where Rest Haven had been. There was no house, but on the ground among the old rotted remains lay their note and the money that was left behind for their previous night's stay. That is creepy. I've heard that story told in a few different versions, but it's always enjoyable every time I hear it. Alright, on to another story for the campfire. This one is called A Final Performance. Callie was extremely tired and stopped at an old house with a sign declaring the Oaks Inn Bed and Breakfast. The room was very comfortable, and she fell asleep as soon as she lay down on the bed. Callie woke up in the wee hours of the morning to the sound of a pianist playing Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. Callie was a pianist herself and quite the, quite the classical music enthusiast. She was traveling to the next town for a concert, so... She was very interested in this and very impressed with the skill of whoever was playing that piano now. She glanced at the clock and wondered who and why someone would be playing the piano at two o'clock in the morning. She simply could not go back to sleep while the music was playing. So she finally decided that she must ask whoever was playing the music to stop so she could get some sleep. As she entered the dining room on the first floor of the inn, she saw a man seated at a piano in the corner. He was extremely handsome and dressed in a tuxedo. With his thin mustache and slick back hair, he looked like someone from the Roaring Twenties. The man looked at her and said, Well, Callie, here you are. I have been waiting for you for a long time. Callie was surprised that he knew her name, but she felt enchanted by his tone of voice. When she made no reply, for she was quite speechless, the man spoke again. Come sit with me, Callie. Unable to resist his command, Callie moved to the piano and sat next to the man. Now, Callie, play with me. Callie felt a chill in the air and shivered. But unable to resist the man's command, she placed her fingers on the piano, and they began to play the sonata together. As they played, 
they both faded out of sight as the music became softer and softer. At the last moment before completely disappearing, Callie realized she had just played her last performance. Ooh, that's a short one, but a pretty good one there. I really like that one. All right, on to the next. This one is called Prom Night. Johnny left his friend's house late at night and headed home down the dark country roads. It began to rain. Suddenly, Johnny saw the blurry image of a woman in a long white dress walking down the middle of the road. Johnny had to stop, so he asked the young woman if she needed a ride. Without saying anything, she got in and sat in the front seat. Since she was shivering, Johnny took off his coat and put it on her shoulders. After a few miles, the girl indicated again, without speaking, that she needed to get out at an old house that was coming up. Johnny stopped the car, and the girl opened the door. He rolled down the window to ask for his coat, but suddenly the girl was gone. He left his car and walked to the door, where an older woman answered. He explained that he had forgotten to get his jacket back from the young woman he had just dropped off at the house. The woman began crying and explained to Johnny that her daughter, on this evening ten years previously, was on the way to her prom when she was killed in a car accident. She was buried in the cemetery up the road in the exact spot where Johnny had picked her up. Johnny had not been the first man to stop and tell her the same story. For year after year on this very night, someone always stopped. The next day, Johnny drove to the cemetery to confirm the woman's story. There, on the grave of a young girl, lay Johnny's jacket draped over the tombstone. That's an old one, but it's still a good one to this day. One of the oldest urban legends here in our country is the Vanishing Hitchhiker. And there are some that have actual truth to them, like the uh, Resurrection Mary legend in Chicago. But it's always still a fascinating and creepy story to hear, especially over a summer campfire. And speaking of tombstones, let's get to the next story. It's called Tombstone Terror. Alan and Matt were ghost hunters. They would visit old cemeteries and see if they could stir up a spirit from an old tombstone. They set up their recorder on a particularly large and ornate headstone and prepared to begin. They were afraid to shine their flashlights on the stone to see the name engraved there as trespassing in the cemetery at night was illegal. They had crawled over the fence at the rear of the cemetery to avoid the caretaker. Matt flipped the on button on the recorder and said aloud, We would like to speak to whoever lies beneath this stone. 
In response, all they heard was the scratching noise that seemed to come from behind the tombstone. With a calm voice, Alan said, Please tell us your name. Again, the only response was a scratching noise. So Matt said, We only wish to speak with you. Please show yourself. Suddenly, both young men felt the air around them turn cold, and a tall, dark shadow rose from behind the tombstone. The shadow moved to engulf them. Alan and Matt had many encounters with spirits and were not afraid. But too late, they both realized that this apparition seemed to mean them harm. The shadow swept down, engulfing them, and pulled them into the ground beneath the tombstone. The next morning, the caretaker of the cemetery found the recorder on the ground by the tombstone. He turned it on, and after each question, he heard the following response. Yes, I am here. My name is never spoken by the living. If I show myself, it would be the last thing you will ever see. I got you both. The caretaker quietly picked up the recorder, switching it off. Knowing he had the only evidence that someone had been in the cemetery and by that tombstone, he went to his tool shed and tossed the recorder into a pile with many, many others. Ooh, that's a good creepy story. Going along with this theme of cemeteries, let's get to the next story called A Grave Problem. Two young girls, Maddie and Sue, were best friends who spent a great deal of time together. Maddie was spending the night at Sue's house when they decided to tell ghost stories. Maddie told a story she heard from her older brother about how if you stabbed a knife into a grave, the person buried there will reach out, grab you, and pull you into the grave. Sue did not believe the story. Maddie agreed, but said she was afraid to try it, even if it was just a story. Said Sue, I am not afraid. I would try it. Maddie called Sue's bluff, daring her to go to the cemetery down the road and prove that she was not afraid. Both girls went to the kitchen downstairs, where they found a flashlight and a knife. Maddie decided her dare was silly and begged Sue not to go, but Sue, quite the stubborn-headed girl, wanted to prove the story was a hoax and that she was not afraid. So off she went into the dark, dark night. Maddie sat at the kitchen table waiting for her friend. Fifteen minutes passed, then twenty minutes. Finally, after 30 minutes, Maddie ran to her parents' bedroom and woke them up, 
and told them what had happened. She cried in her mother's arms as her father grabbed a flashlight and headed towards the cemetery. When he returned, he was pale and shaken. In a solemn voice, he told Maddie and her mother what he had found. There on a grave was Sue, dead with completely white hair. The police were called, and after listening to Maddie's explanation of why Sue was in the graveyard in the first place, the investigation determined the death was accidental. When Sue stabbed the knife into the grave, it went through the hem of her nightgown, Thinking that she had been grabbed by the person buried there, she fell to the ground and died of fright. That's yet another ghostly story that's been around for a long time, but still a good one even today. Alright, and now to one of my favorites that I have not shared yet, but I'm going to share it now. It's called Saved by a Choking Dog. As newlyweds, Larry and Cindy love to spend time together. They both work long hours and frequently only have a few hours a day to spend together, usually in the evening. To make the most of their time together, they meet for dinner before going home. One night, the couple came home from their usual dinner to find their beloved dog choking on something. Larry attempted to remove the obstruction with no success. Perhaps the dog had been having his dinner, which was left in his dish, and choked on a piece. Whatever the matter, they decided to rush him to the vet as quickly as possible. So they took their dog to the all-night emergency veterinarian's office. The veteran took the dog back, and he gave him some sedation, then proceeded the process to remove the obstruction, but he warned the owners that it might take some time for this process, and the dog would definitely need to remain overnight. He encouraged them, please go home, and, and I will call you when I have an update. That way you can both get some rest, and just leave the worrying to us. So Larry and Cindy went home. They arrived and they walked in the door of their house. Immediately the phone was ringing. In fact, they could hear it as they approached the front door. Cindy hurried in to answer the phone, thinking it would be the vet with an update. Sure enough, it was the vet. But what he said was a complete surprise. He was very excited and yelling. Get out of the house, Cindy. Get out of the house now. Without waiting to ask some questions because she could hear the fear in his voice, she dropped the phone and hurried out into the yard. The vet had already called the police and they were on their way. They arrived and with guns drawn, they rushed into the house. Cindy and Larry stood in confusion on the front yard waiting just as the vet pulled up and hurried out to them. Did they get him? Did they get him? Just at that time, the police dragged out a man bleeding from one hand. 
We found him in your bedroom, says one of the policemen. He was hiding in the closet with a knife. Both Larry and Cindy looked in shock at the vet and said, How did you know? The vet explained, When we started the procedure, we found that your dog was choking on a human finger. And now for one last story. This one is called The Coffin. On a dark night like this, a young man was walking home on a dark, deserted street. As he passed the gates of a small cemetery, he felt as if he was being followed. Suddenly, he heard a bump behind him. Afraid to look back, he increased his pace. Bump, bump, bump. The bumping continued behind him, getting closer and louder. Finally, unable to ignore the noise any longer, he turned around. Terror-stricken, he saw a coffin standing on end, bumping down the road from side to side. Bump-bump, bump-bump, bump-bump. He started running for his life, but the coffin only kept on coming, increasing its pace to match his. Bump-bump, bump-bump, bump. As the man became tired from running, the coffin began to get closer. The man grabbed a large metal trash can on the side of the road and turned and threw it at the coffin, but it was unfazed and kept coming closer, getting closer and closer. Bump, 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 bump. He finally arrived home. As he ran into his yard, he noticed the axe resting against the side of the house next to the woodpile. He grabbed it up and hurled it at the coffin, but it simply bounced off. The coffin followed the man up onto the porch and crashed down the front door the man had closed and locked behind him. Bum, 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 bum. He ran upstairs and grabbed his shotgun from where it hung on the wall, firing at the coffin as it came through the doorway. Still, the now partially shattered coffin continued toward him. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. In desperation, the man ran into the bathroom, closed the door, and backed as far as he could. He knew the coffin would simply break down the door. However, the man did not intend to give up. Grabbing a bottle of cough syrup, he hurled it at the coffin. The bottle shattered, covering the coffin with cough syrup. And finally, the coffin stopped. (laughs) That's a nice little gem to end on right there. And so, I hope you go ahead and take these campfire tales, uh, some of them old, some of them new, and keep sharing them around, especially when you're enjoying your campfire this summer whether it's at summer camp or just in your own backyard with your family. Keep sharing these tales and the chills that follow them. And that brings us to an end of this episode. But I shall return with more chilling tales of terror, so watch out. But until then, my dear friends, 
Keep on listening, and by all means, happy hauntings. Ha <laughs> ha.